Welcome to Living on Purpose Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Wilson. We feature amazing individuals in business and entertainment. On this episode, we had a conversation with Chris Jasper, award-winning keyboardist and composer from the iconic R&B group, The Isley Brothers. Hey, Chris, how you doing today? Doing good. Doing good. Thank you. To become a great musician and composer, it takes years of training. How early did you start studying music? I studied music, you know, all my life, basically, from like age seven. And um, when I graduated, well, when I, when I was in high school, I started a trio with uh, the two younger Isleys, Ernie and Marvin Isley. <clears throat> and um, we, we would tour, you know, different places, uh, schools and churches and um, actually anywhere we could get a gig. And the older brothers had already uh, recorded music and, and, and started their career. So when they, when they saw us, you know, get together and start playing together, they wanted us to join them. And that's how, you know, the six-member group got started. Who was your inspiration early on? Actually, my mother, you know, she saw me playing by ear, you know, because that's what I used to do when I was a kid. And she said, well, you know, you have a good ear for music. You should take lessons. Uh-huh. So um, she, she uh, knew this professor that gave piano lessons. And that's when I started to, you know, learn about music and study music. And, you know, I, I was a big fan of R&B at the time you know, uh, Sam Cooke and Ray Charles and Marvin Gaye. And that was my first, the the people who influenced me the most in R&B music was those three people. And um, I was, you know, always going between R&B and classical, (laughs) you know, (laughs) because the classical was uh, what I was studying, but the music I really loved was, you know, the R&B music. So that's kind of how. I got interested in music. Okay. Uh, with and, all the uh, challenges that we're facing right now with the coronavirus, how has that affected your career? Well, you know, it's it's affected me like everybody else, I guess, because you know you gotta, you know, stay in. You gotta watch what you do. If, if you go out, you know, uh, you, you gotta be safe. And uh, it's changed. It's changed. You know, like mobility. You know, as far as because now, you know, what I'm doing, I'm I'm basically you know working from home you know, and like a lot of other people doing interviews and um, the the technical aspect of music has made it easier to do that. Okay. <laughs> you know, because before, you know, you'd always have to go out, you know, if, you, if you're sending stuff to radio, you'd have to go out, you mail stuff. Now you can do things by email. So it's not as difficult uh, working from home, but that's basically what I'm doing is, is working from home. Okay. That's great. So what projects do you have going on right now? Well, I have a new album, which is coming out June 1st. Uh, it's called For the Love of You. Um, the first single you know, is out now, um, mm-hmm. a Sam Cooke cover, Nothing Can Change This Love, uh, which was a great thing for me to do because I was a fan of his you know, all my life. So um, I was doing this cover album. So it was a good thing to do one of his songs and it's, it's doing very well for me. Oh, that's great. So um, what advice would you give to someone who has aspirations of becoming a professional musician or a singer? Well, uh, now you have to work a little bit harder, I think, than, than before. 
um, because there's so much uh, competition now. You know, people can put out their own songs, their own records now, you know, right. uh, before you had to go through a record label, you know. Um, so, you know, work hard and, you know, really have other people, you know, um, you know, look at your, your, what you're doing and, you know, get, get opinions and, and uh, really see if you're up to that level, uh, uh, you know, to, to be able to compete with the, with the, comp with the professionals out there. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. um, and also, um, also have legal advice, you know, um, make sure that you make the right uh, steps as far as contracts, you know, what you sign, you know, who you're associated with. Uh, that's very important uh, for, for the longevity of your career. Yes. And do you have your own record label? Yes, I do. Uh, Gold City Music. Okay. Do you have any uh, artists that you're managing or uh, that are on your label right now? Uh, not right now. Uh, I'm working. I'm working with my son. You know, he's he's the other only other artist right now that I'm working with. But I don't have any anyone outside my family that I'm working with right now. Okay. And is he doing R&B as well? Yeah, he's doing R&B. Uh, kind of a little different than me. You know, a little more electronic uh, type sound, but. Um, you know, definitely has some soul in there. You know? Okay, <laughs> good. And in the future, do you have any plans on doing anything with the Isley Brothers again? Um, not right now. And, and um, you know, nobody's contacted me, you know, with that. But, you know, uh, I'm just working with my own music and, you know, I'm, I'm scoring some things. You know, my son's working on some screenplays and uh, books and I'm, I'm, I'm scoring music for that. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of busy right now. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's great. Yeah. For an artist that wants to have more control over what they've created, how hard is it to start your own label? Well, it's, it's not very complicated to um, start your label. Mm -hmm. What's complicated is the product, developing the product, because you have, no matter what your, what your company is, you're gonna have to have product. Yeah. And that's the most important thing. Um, you know, you can have a lot of people that wanna join your label like artists, but those artists have to have uh, songs. They have to have, you know, either either they produce themselves or, or they have to have a producer to, yeah. to produce the product. So that's the, I think that's the biggest consideration that, that I had, you know, starting my label is, um, the product has to be good. Whatever yes. you are, are, are trying to push has to be good. And I started with myself because I've had a lot of experience producing music, mm -hmm. you know, and that's what I, I demand of myself is that my material be good. Anything, pro any product that comes out of Gold City, a person should be able to, to listen to it and say, hey, you know, I like this, you know, it's it's, it's, it's good product, it's, it's of quality. Yes. You know? And um, that's one thing that Motown had too. They had a they had a um, production meeting. You know, whenever they put out a record, you know, they wanted it to be quality. Mm -hmm. You know, you know uh, I think Gordy said, "Would you buy this single or would you buy a sandwich?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know it, it has to be <clears throat> top notch quality. <clears throat> so that's the main consideration. Then, then the other thing is kind of. Uh, fall in line after you have a good product you know 
you send your product out, you know, to radio. And generally, a good product, you know, will end up on a playlist. Uh-huh. Um, but it's, it's difficult now, you know, because, you know, the major labels have more uh, access to those playlists, you know, than, say, an independent does. Right. But an independent has to, you know, work a little harder um, than, say, maybe a major does. But, you know, those are the, those are the technical aspects of the business, you know, but the main thing you want to have when you start a record label is, is product. The, the, how, how am I going to get my product produced? Mm-hmm. Who's going to do it? You know, and um, who's, what, what artist is going to be working with, you know, whatever producers I have, you know? So it's a, the more moving parts you have to have, the more complicated it gets. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> with me, I'm, I'm fortunate that, you know, I can do just about everything that has to be done to get a record out. You know, I'm, I'm fortunate in that way. Uh, other people have to have other people do other things. They have to get songs, you know, because they're not a songwriter. Right. So they have to, they have to seek out songwriters, you know, and their material. And then if they're not a producer, they have to get a producer. And if they're not an, a musician, they got to get musicians to play, you know. And, you know, it can get complicated. Uh, but the more you do, you can you can um, make that task a little easier. Okay, so for you right now, uh, what are you doing to promote your own music? Well, I, you know, I do what everybody else does. I, I, I go on the, uh, the internet, I promote on the internet. Mm-hmm. I, um, sometimes I'll take out radio spots, you know, on radio stations. Um, and basically make sure everybody has the music. That's, that's a big job, you yeah. know, because there's a lot of stations, you know, with the internet that increased. You know, there, there used to be just sending things out to terrestrial stations. Right. Now you've got to service the internet too, which is, you know, I don't know. I don't know how many stations that is, but <laughs> it's mm. a lot. Right. You know? And I'm, I'm in the process of doing that with the single, you know. Okay. And how's I'm it going so- right now? It's like, you know, just getting it out there is a big job. You know, sometimes you can elicit the, the services of, um, there's certain companies that will do that. They will, they will, uh, do blasts. Like they say, they will send stuff out for you. Right. You know? So, um, we use some of those too. And we use some promotion people sometimes, you know, to get it out there. Uh, so it's, it's a big job doing it, but like I said, um, that's just, that's one of the responsibilities you have with having a label. Right. Is getting your product out to people, making sure they have it. And um, like I said, if it's good, chances are, you know, you'll end up on a lot of playlists, you know. Sure. But, you know, it's, it, it's involved, you know, it's, it, it takes a lot of work. If, if, you, if, if you're a person that l- likes to work hard, you know, you won't mind doing it. You know, some people don't like to do all of that work, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, but it's a lot of work. It's, it's pretty involved, you know. Well, what's your uh, favorite, what's your favorite part of the whole creative process? 
making making records basically that's it you know getting getting first of all getting the idea coming up with new ideas because i'm I'm a composer you know i'm a trained composer so yes uh, that composition aspect is number one is getting the idea and then recording it and making a, a a song or a record out of it i mean you know starting from scratch um that's always been my favorite part of um the business is making new music you know? okay so where does your creativity come from wow <laughs> it, it, it well it definitely comes from my training um uh, because there's a lot of things i learned about composition by studying composition okay so you know i can rely on those those tools sometimes to come up with a new idea um but then there's just pure inspiration sometimes. You know, it's just, I always think that composing and songwriting is a gift in a way because um, everybody can't, you know, put together com a complete musical thought, you know, and make that thought something that the listener will relate to. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and that, and, and, that part is, I believe, a gift because you can teach people compositional tools, mm -hmm. you know, in school. But what you can't teach them is, all right, take those tools and come up with something that is original and something that's appealing. You know, um, that part you can't really teach. <clears throat> and I've I've had experience in in school with people who were you know very good musical students, mm -hmm. but composition just wasn't you know their their thing. They just couldn't do it. I mean, some great musicians are great musicians, but when you when you break it down to okay, songwriting and composing, that's another category altogether. Right. You know. So. Yeah, with the Isley Brothers, um, the first time I ever really, really got interested in, in the Isley Brothers, I think I was about seven years old. And mm -hmm. uh, my mother took me to one of your concerts uh, at the Omni in Atlanta. The Omni, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that was back in like uh, 78. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember that. And then um, one of my favorite songs, though, after that, I think I was about 17 years old, one of my friends from high school invited me to one of his family reunions. And I heard, uh, hello, it's me, like off in the distance. It was only the bass line that I heard. And mm -hmm. I, I was like, who is that? So I went home and, and looked through all the Isley Brothers albums that we had, and I finally found it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, so after that, that's all I used to play in my car, like driving to, to Morehouse College. That's where I went to school. Oh, Morehouse, right? Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, hello, it's me. That was a Todd Rundgren song that, uh, you know, I rearranged. Uh-huh. And um, that's another thing I like to do, too. That's why I did this album, because this album is, is covers, you know, a, couple, a few Isaac Brothers songs that I went back and covered. But it's also, you know, like a, I did a Marvin Gaye cover, like, of um, God is Love, and, and then some other popular songs, very popular songs that I, I covered and put my own arrangements to. Okay, and I like to do that too. And Hello Loves Me was one of those. You know, it's like it's like totally different than the original. You know? Okay, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, all the ballads from from uh, the Osmond yeah. Brothers that you wrote, I love those songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yes, yeah, you know, composition and arranging that's uh, that's that's kind of unteachable, but you can learn a lot about you know uh, music and construction of how, how a composer constructs his pieces and all that. You mm -hmm. can learn a lot about that. You know, analyzing music. You know. But to actually do it is another thing. <laughs> right. You know. So is, is that uh, what you learned from Juilliard, or is that something that yeah, came with, later? With Julia, from seven, because my my piano teacher was a professor in uh -huh. music, and he taught me because I told him I wanted to be a composer. <laughs> so, oh, okay. <laughs> so he he taught me a lot about you know uh, how pieces were constructed when I was a little kid. You know, on, through age through uh, grade twelve. Wow. You know? Okay. And then I went to Juilliard, you know, so I knew a lot before I went there, you know, because I was well prepared as a kid. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was, I knew an awful lot once I went there. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I was, I was basically putting a lot of things into practice that I had already learned. Uh -huh. you know? And, um, I was able to put a lot of that stuff in in uh, the music in R and B, you know, with my chord structures, you uh -huh. know, uh, songs like "Highways of My Life" and "Lovers Eve," and you know, had a lot of classical uh, uh, elements in them. Right. You know, so um, I, I I put a lot of that in R and B music, and which which gave the music a certain sound. Mm -hmm. And this I still use this the same kind of chord structures today, you know, because I have the same sound, like that sound carried with me, you know, right, wherever I went. And, and a lot of people have, you know, noticed that, because they said, hey, I didn't even some I had an interview the other day, and someone said, you know, I didn't even realize that there was a break, you know, from the six member group to Isaac Jasper Isley. Oh, no, <laughs> we didn't care about a lot. Is it because the music sounded <laughs> they're kind of the same, you know. Right. Had the same sound to it, and I said, "Yeah, that's that's kind of, that's the signature thing that I brought to the group is the the way the music sounds." Like you said, "Hello, it's me." Uh huh. The sound of the song. That's the, all those chord structures. That's something that I brought to the group. You right. Know? And that's that sound carries with me, you know, because that's me. <laughs> uh, so that's. But that comes from the classical training in jazz, you know, a little bit of jazz too, mm -hmm. is is in those chords, you know. Yeah, a lot of the things that I appreciate uh, from the Isley Brothers and you know the way that you compose songs, you just don't hear uh, right now in R and B music and and other genres. Um, so yeah, I, that's one thing that I really appreciate um, about your songs. Well, I, I thank you, thank you. I, I you know I I really gave it some thought, you know, before um, when, when I was when I was first getting with the, the older guys, you know, mm -hmm. because they, they had another band when we first started playing with them. Right. Uh, I think they were called the Midnight Movers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they played with uh, Wilson Pickett, you know, they played with other uh, R&B artists, too. Okay. But they started with the Isaac Brothers. Uh, when I graduated high school, mm -hmm. 
and they were their, their kind of backup band. And when the three of us got with them, you know, it slowly started to change, you know, and by 73, three plus three album, mm -hmm. that's when I was able to put my treatment to the uh, arrangements, you know what I mean? Right. Because they had another arranger before. The uh, guy's name was George Patterson. And he was good, you know. Right. But he was a horn player. They, you know, they had a horn section and all that, you know. And it was a, it was a different sound. Mm -hmm. And it's 3 plus 3, the, the sound changed. Like, it's a big change. If you, if you hear the stuff before 3 plus 3, and then after 3 plus 3, it's like totally different. And that's because there was a switch in arrangers. Me, I became the arranger. Okay. <laughs> and George Patterson, you know, he, the band, they started doing something else, you know. So it was, it was a big switch. And, and you can hear it in the music, you know. Hmm. So, but yeah, it's, it's a little bit of the background, you know. So um, what would you say is, um, uh, characteristic about the music that you're doing right now is it similar to what you did before or is it different it's similar in that like i said the, the chord structures could be similar but i'm able to expand even more even with the vocals and stuff, you know like the background vocals and 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 the lead vocals too I, i've just taken it to another step you know musically uh-huh um that's, that's the best way i can explain it uh because you know when you when you're working with people, um, sometimes you have to play to their strengths, you know, right, and stay in a certain zone, right. Uh, but with me, I can. It's like totally, <laughs> you know, anything goes, so to speak. I don't have to stay in a in a, in a, a place where, like Ronald would be comfortable, right. Uh -huh. I can do everything that I wanted to do before <laughs> and more things, you know what I mean? Um, it's like, it's sort of like, sort of like how Caravan of Love was, you know, mm -hmm. when I did Caravan of Love, that was like an expansion, you know, because uh, the music before it had a similar sound, mm -hmm. but it was bigger, you know, and, and, and the vocals went different places, you know what I mean? Right. The backgrounds even moved around, you know, there's more freedom, uh, and um, I guess that's the way I can express my music. Now I can express my music in a lot of different ways. Like I've taken these covers, this cover album, there's a lot of new things in it. Uh -huh. you know, new music in, with these covers because they're not, I didn't, I didn't do the typical, you know, copy what's already there. Right. <laughs> it's just like, hello, it's me. I changed it, you know, I changed it and expanded it. And, um, I'm I'm very happy I'm able to do that because I kind of felt, especially at like the end when when the six members were together, I felt like we we needed to grow, you know, and we weren't growing enough. Okay, yeah, you were you were always doing the same kind of music. Yeah, it was it was always in the same kind of pocket, you know, hmm. and, and and I'm able to do that more. I'm able to expand more now, you know, and just the music is just bigger. It's broader. I think it fits more formats. You know what I mean? Um, and people have told me that, and you know, it's uh, I'm, I'm happy they hear it. <laughs> you know, <what laughs> I mean? 
right. because that's that's what I wanted to do. You know, I've always wanted to expand and, and go more places with music. Um, I so, even did a, I even did the covers of of the Isaac Brothers. You know, for Love You, I covered, mm -hmm. which is a big you know favorite back then. And I did uh, Once Had Your Love, Can't Let Go. And 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 when when you hear those covers, you you may hear what I'm talking about mm -hmm. as far as expanding. You know and just going a little bit further, but keeping it, you know, identifiable. Right. You still identify it as a song, but it, it has other things in there, you know, other, other ingredients. It's like taking a good recipe and making it better. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so when you were with Ronald, um, did you have creative differences or? Well, it's, see, uh, both of us being vocalists too, Mm -hmm. And I'm a composer at, at you know, uh, number one. I'm a writer, so, you know. And there were some times where he knew, he knew the melody, but sometimes um, the interpretation uh, was hard to get across to him. Okay. You know, because he didn't write it. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. And it's almost like, I, I kind of just uh, maybe uh, an analogy would be say an actor, two actors, one of them understand the character a little better than the other one does, mm -hmm. you know, and can portray that character a little better because of their understanding of the characters. And those were the kind of problems that we were run into because, you know, we both like Sam Cooke. And, you know, sometimes the melodies would be easy for him to latch on to because of that, you know, right? because of that influence. But then the interpretation sometimes, you know, like getting into character, some, some songs were harder for him to do it, and some songs were easier for, for him to do it. But when we ran into difficulty, it was, it was because of that, you know, he, he just didn't understand the delivery you know, how the delivery should be, because some of them were kind of plain, you know, uh -huh. you know, when they should have had more feeling in it, you know what I mean? So did that happen when you were actually recording the songs or, yeah. in, live, or in live performances too? Well, recording, basically, recording. Okay. Yeah. Um, because live, we usually did the songs he did better. Okay, you know I mean? right. Um, because some of the songs that he didn't interpret well, we really didn't do live. Oh, I see. You know what I mean? So, but like, you know, that's where I felt the group could have expanded, you know, like, um, you know, I, I don't know how well he would have interpreted Caravan of Love, you know what I mean? <laughs> it would have been a different song. Right, know? entirely. <laughs> you know? Because with Caravan, you had to jump back and forth between smooth and then, you know, I'm your brother part was aggressive, you know, mm -hmm. the feeling was in there, you know what I mean? You can't say, I'm your brother plain. Yeah. I'm your brother, you know. <laughs> I'm your brother, you know. You got to have that soul in it, you know, when you say that, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And that's, that's what I mean. Interpretation sometimes is important, you know, because you want the people to feel what you're trying to make them feel. Right. 
Um, and that's, you know, that's, but it seems like a little thing, but sometimes it's a difference between an effective song and a song that's not so effective. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You can say, yeah, I, I like that song, but you know, something's kind of missing from it. You know, I don't, I don't can't put my finger on it. Right. You know. So, what's your feeling on on today's R and B? I, you know, I don't know if <laughs> I think I think musically, because um, there's there's a lot of good singers, mm -hmm. you know, but I think musically, uh, it's lacking in that a lot of people, a lot of the younger people don't understand. Um, R&B music. They don't understand it. They don't understand how to write it. Hmm. Uh, you know. You know what I mean. Uh, and what what it, what you end up having is, you know, really repetitive songs, with the same kind of production. Right. You know, they all sound the same because they don't understand. You know, R&B is bigger than that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, and you have to study it a little bit. Like, you know, I've always been a student of music. I studied the blues. I studied jazz. I studied everything. Right. And once you get exposed to everything, your understanding increases. And then you start to put that understanding into your music. That's why the music of the 60s, 70s, you know, and, and even part of the 80s was so impactful. Yeah. Because the best, the best music. You had all of these people who were, musical people study they studied music the arrangers you know studied music um even the even a lot of the artists were musicians aretha franklin was a singer but she was also a musician right marvin Gaye was an artist musician mm -hmm. jimi hendrix musician you know you go all day down the line i don't care who you name just about they were our musicians too mm -hmm. And that makes a difference. That makes a difference in the quality of the music. A lot of times. You know, Bill Withers. Bill Withers, musician. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I could just keep going on and on. Right. Little Richard, musician. You know, I mean, you know. Chuck Berry, musician. I mean, you just keep going. And that's, that's why it was so rich and so versatile so diverse because you had all these musicians you know fly you know you just keep going earth wind and fire they were all musicians and and that's that's what gives you the type of quality is because of their understanding mm -hmm. everybody didn't sound the same no <laughs> not like <laughs> you know today I mean? you know what i mean and that's because they had their own musical direction and their own musical vision. You know, Stevie Wonder didn't sound like Marvin Gaye. No. You know what I mean? He had his own vision. And that's what's missing. That's what's missing in today's music. Mm. You know? Everybody would say, well, let me make a record that sounds like that one. You know? Right. Instead of, you know, having their own kind of vision in their own direction. Hmm. And that's what I'm saying. Composition is not something that's easily taught. It has to be within the person. And I think, I think the uh, focus today is a lot more on image mm -hmm. than on content.
Yeah, and quality too. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it, the focus is on image first usually, and the product is gonna be what the product is gonna be when you when you do that. You know, it's not gonna be the type of quality. You know that that you've been used to if if you've been around for a while. You know, what I mean, you're kind of used to a certain kind of quality, right? You know, and it may be disappointing. Hmm. I agree with you on that. <laughs> a lot of the new music, you know, uh, some of it is good, but uh, the majority of it, I don't listen to. I, I would, most, you know, the most the things I like the most is the people that try to do the old school stuff. Right. Yeah. Like Bruno, Bruno, Bruno Mars, you know, uh -huh. he, he kind of did the kind of old school thing, but it was nice, you know. Yeah. It was, it was kind of refreshing to hear, you know, somebody did something a little different. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he and he is a musician. Yeah. Uh, there you go. See, I mean, you know. Right. You're gonna get that stuff from musicians mm -hmm. because generally they know where they want to go with something. You know, they know where they want to go with, with music. 